MOAC Mall Holdings LLC v. Transform Holdco LLC on writ of certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Decided April 19, 2023. Justice Jackson delivered the opinion for a unanimous court. Under conditions prescribed by Congress, the Bankruptcy Code permits a debtor or a trustee to sell or lease the bankruptcy estate's property outside of the ordinary course of the bankrupt entity's business. Interested parties may file an objection to such a sale or lease, and may appeal if the court authorizes a sale or lease of the estate's property over their objection. But Section 363M restricts the effect of such an appeal, if successful. Specifically, Section 363M states that the reversal or modification of appeal of an authorization under Section 363B or Section 363C of a sale or lease of property does not affect the validity of a sale or lease under such authorization to an entity that purchased or leased such property in good faith, whether or not such entity knew of the pendency of the appeal, unless such authorization and such sale or lease were stayed pending appeal. Accordingly, sometimes a successful appeal of a judicial authorization to sell or lease estate property will not impugn the validity of a sale or lease made under that authorization. In this case, we are called upon to decide whether Section 363M's strictures are jurisdictional. If so, a party may invoke that provision at any time, without fear of waiver, forfeiture, or similar doctrines interposing. If not, courts can apply such doctrines when evaluating Section 363M issues, where appropriate. For the reasons explained above, we conclude that Section 363M is not a jurisdictional provision. Part 1 This saga began in 2018 when Sears, Roebuck, and Company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That filing created a bankruptcy estate that included, with exceptions not relevant here, interests of the debtor in property. Such an estate is sometimes administered by a bankruptcy trustee. Other times, the debtor itself administers it as the debtor in possession. Sears self-administered, and as a debtor in possession, Sears had statutorily qualified powers to dispose of the estate's property. Early in 2019, Sears exercised one of those powers, its right to use, sell, or lease, other than in the ordinary course of business, property of the estate. Sears agreed to sell most of its assets to respondent Transform Holdco, after which the bankruptcy court issued an order approving the agreement. Among the assets conveyed in that sale was the right for Transform to designate to whom a lease between Sears 
and some landlord should be assigned. The agreement did not actually designate any assignees. It simply meant that if Transform duly designated an assignee, Sears had to assign the lease to the designee. One of the leases eligible for such assignment was Sears's lease with petitioner MAOC Mall Holdings LLC, which leases spaces to tenants at the Minnesota Mall of America. Notably, and as relevant here, Section 365 of the Code prohibits assignment of an unexpired lease to anyone without adequate assurance of future performance by the assignee, and further establishes special adequate as assurance criteria related to shopping centers, a term the parties agree describes the Mall of America. In that context, adequate assurance includes assurances that 1. The proposed assignee has a similar financial condition and operating performance as the debtor as of the time the debtor became the lessee under the lease, and 2. The assignment will not disrupt any tenant mix or balance in the shopping center. Later in 2019, Transform designated the Mall of America lease for assignment to its wholly owned subsidiary. Later in 2019, Transform designated the Mall of America lease for assignment to its wholly owned subsidiary, and MOAC objected on the ground that Sears had failed to provide the requisite adequate assurance of future performance by Transform. The bankruptcy court disagreed and approved the assignment to transform in a decision that, like the lower courts, we will call the assignment order. Here is where Section 363M entered the picture. MOAC feared that, if it appealed the assignment order, transform might argue that Section 363M's restrictions limited or barred the appeal. Looking to Section 363M's safe harbor for certain orders that are stayed pending appeal, MOAC sought to forestall any such argument by asking for a stay of the assignment order. The bankruptcy court denied MOAC's request for a stay. The court reasoned that an appeal of the assignment order did not qualify as an appeal of an authorization described in Section 363M, and it emphasized that Transform had explicitly represented that it would not invoke Section 363M against MOAC's appeal. Because no stay was granted, the assignment order became effective, and Sears duly assigned the lease to transform. MOAC then appealed the assignment order to the district court, which initially sided with MOAC and concluded that Transform did not satisfy the pertinent Section 365 Adequate Assurance Provisions. It thus vacated the assignment order, as relevant, to the extent it approved Sears's assignment of the lease to Transform. 
transform sought rehearing and, notably, backed away from its previous disclaimers, arguing for the first time that Section 363M deprived the district court of jurisdiction to grant MOAC's requested relief. The district court was appalled by Transform's gambit of waiting to invoke Section 363M until after losing the merits of the appeal, but determined that Second Circuit precedent bound it to treat Section 363M as jurisdictional and thus not subject to waiver or judicial estoppel. The district court held that Section 363M was applicable and required it to dismiss the appeal. So it did so, leaving the assignment order unscathed. The Second Circuit affirmed, agreeing with the district court's characterization of Section 363M as jurisdictional, based on Second Circuit precedent. We granted MOAC's petition for certiorari to resolve the circuit split that the Second Circuit's ruling reinforced. Before this court, Transform not only defends the Second Circuit's characterization of Section 363M as jurisdictional, but also urges us to dismiss this case on mootness grounds because the lease has already been transferred out of the estate via the assignment. Part 2 We first address Transform's mootness claim. A case becomes moot only when it is impossible for a court to grant any effectual relief whatever to the prevailing party. The case remains live as long as the parties have a concrete interest, however small, in the outcome of the litigation. Stripped of its baubles, Transform's mootness argument is that MOAC's ultimate relief hinges on the bankruptcy court's ability to reconstitute the leasehold as property of the estate. Transform asserts that such reconstitution is impossible unless the leasehold transfer is avoided under 11 U.S.C. Section 549, which permits a debtor in possession to void certain transfers of estate property made after the bankruptcy case commences. But according to Transform, only Sears can use Section 549, and per Transform, not only did Sears waive any such avoidance claims in the sale order, but the time for using Section 549 has now expired. The upshot for Transform's mootness argument is that no legal vehicle remains available for undoing the lease transfer, and therefore MOAC cannot possibly obtain any effectual relief, irrespective of our answer to the question presented. Our cases disfavor these kinds of mootness arguments. In Chafin, for example, a mother invoking the Hague Convention on the Civil Aspects of International Child Abduction sought and received an order from a federal district court that her child be returned to Scotland from the United States, where the child was residing with her father. The father appealed, 
seeking reversal and a concomitant re-return order. But in the interim, the mother had removed the child to Scotland, so the appellate court dismissed the father's appeal as moot. Before us, the mother defended the mootness holding on the grounds that the district court on remand would lack the authority to issue a re-return order either under the convention or pursuant to its inherent equitable powers. We disagreed. We said her argument went to the meaning of the convention and the legal availability of a certain kind of relief, and thus confused mootness with the merits. And at least where the father's contrary re-return argument was not so implausible that it was insufficient to preserve jurisdiction, his prospects of success were therefore not pertinent to the mootness inquiry. So too here, like the father in Chafin, MOAC simply seeks typical appellate relief, that the Court of Appeals reverse the district court and that the district court undo what it has done. And we cannot say that the parties have no concrete interest in whether MOAC obtains that relief. Transforms only retort, which MOAC vigorously disputes, is simply that any ultimate vacator of the assignment order will not matter. Chafin forecloses this kind of argument. Here, as elsewhere, we decline to act as a court of first view, plumbing the code's complex depths in the first instance to assure ourselves that transform is correct about its contention that no relief remains legally available. We've come to the end of part one of this opinion, but don't worry, next episode we will pick up right where this episode left off. Until then, thanks for listening to What SCOTUS Wrote Us.